0: So it's lovely to be with you this morning, and uh, we're going to read, continue to read uh, John's Gospel from chapter uh, 7, sorry, not 27, and um, that was what we were looking at last week, if you remember David was sharing with us. So if you, um, I'm sorry, I I said to David, I'll be fine with my big print, but I didn't bring the Bible up to get the page number. So we got page number. Anybody found it? John chapter 7. Who's quick at quick competition? 1,072. So you've got a long way to count. Okay? So 1,072, and we're reading John chapter 7, verses 25 to 52. And you can follow it on the screen. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly, and they're not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Christ? But we know where this man is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I'm from. I am not here on my own, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him, because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his time had not yet come still many in the crowd put their faith in him and they said when the Christ comes will he do more miraculous signs than this man the Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him and then the chief priests and Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him Jesus said I'm with you for only a short time and then I go to the one who sent me you will look for me but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live, scattered among the Greeks, and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, surely this man is the prophet. Others said, he is the Christ. Still others asked, how can the Christ come from Galilee? Does not the scripture say that the Christ will come from David's family and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees and asked them, why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does. The guards declared, "'You mean he has deceived you also?' the Pharisees retorted. "'Has any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him?' "'No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them.'" Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, "'Does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he's doing?' And they replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. So let's pray sure way that God will help us to, to learn from his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can read your word, that we are able to do that. And we pray now that you'll use these words and our thoughts to bring us nearer to you and serving you, amen. Well, I hope you'll forgive me for going a little bit down memory lane. When I read that, I couldn't help but think about how one of my siblings changed their accent. She was sick of the jokes that people would make about coming from the north and I too remember the jokes or was it banter when I went to Birmingham one of the first things somebody said to me and he was a Christian can anything good come past be past Watford Gap I didn't even know where Watford Gap was to be honest but anyway and now know it's a service station I suppose I smiled sweetly, but some of us can understand, and and, and I think some people more, more than this, can understand the extent of, you know, the prejudice that can come from where you come from. In fact, John has told us right from the beginning of John's gospel that Nathaniel, when he hears about Jesus, says, can anyone, can the Messiah come from the north? Can any good come from the north? Well, John wants to show us something of that today. And for the benefit of hindsight, it's very easy for us to think, well, what was all the fuss about? I mean, Matthew has very kindly laid out the family tree. We know Jesus is the line of David. We know he was born in Bethlehem. So what's the fuss And yet still, in the 21st century, there are people questioning about Jesus' identity. In fact, I was interested to find a Church of England survey that was done in 2015, admittedly. But apparently what they found, that four in ten people did not believe that Jesus was a real person. So they weren't discussing his identity, And a quarter of the 18 to 34-year-olds believed he was a mythical or fictional character. Well, the crowd know that Jesus does exist. They haven't got that problem. But they are asking the questions that the other six might have been asking in that survey. Is he a wise teacher, a prophet, or the Messiah, something special? C.S. Lewis, and we've got a quote up because it's quite long from him um, that will come up on the, the screen. He says quite an interesting thing. You must make your choice. I, this man, was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But Let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. On face value, sometimes people interpret that to think C.S. Lewis thinks Jesus is a fool, but he's actually challenging us to read the Gospels properly. When you read what Jesus did, the way he challenged the leaders, the way he went to the marginalised people, well, you're left either, he says, despising him, seeing him as a fool, or you have to respond to him as, and worship him as Lord. Now, the count we have today, some of it, I think C.S. Lewis was thinking about here. And I would like us to scratch below the surface at one particular point. And it's, um, it's going to come up on the screen, the bit that we're going to concentrate on. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink, whoever believes in me. As Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit from, them, from those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. Now, in order to understand the significance of these verses, we need to understand the festival that people were attending. And this was the feast we found out from last week. This was the Feast of Tabernacles. We also know that John has mentioned that Jesus is reticent to make a public entrance too soon. His identity has got to be revealed at a certain time. And yet, this festival has a lot of connections with the Messiah. It is one of three pilgrimage festivals. So that means that they're all going up to Jerusalem to to really know God's presence in Jerusalem... And to remember things that had happened in the past. And in this time, this, for this feast, it's the fact that there was a time of the desert when they were just escaped from Egypt. And they were living in the desert and God helped them in a miraculous way. Now, if you live near any Jewish people at the moment, um, sorry, not at the moment, but during the Feast of Tabernacles, you will have seen, perhaps in the back garden or backyard, a temporary covering. We have a picture, a couple of pictures here on the the screen. And in there, they will um, perhaps eat, um, definitely say prayers and even sleep if the climate is right. But the whole point is, is that you can see the sky, you can see the stars at night, to remember the dwellings, the the temporary dwellings of their ancestors, but also now to remember the frailty of life. Now, we'll come to that a bit later, but remember that. Now this might seem very sombre, but it actually was the most joyful ceremony. It's filled with thanksgivings and it's it's after um, harvest, so there's a reminder of God's provisions, and um, you know there really is um, a celebration about all that God has done for them. John homes in on the last day, and this is the best day that Jesus chooses to reveal something about himself because this is the day when they really realize in the desert for the first time that they are dependent on God. They do need him. It's literally a life and death situation. They've crossed the Red Sea. They've seen the Egyptians retreat. They're on a bit of a high, adrenaline flowing, very happy. Three days. Reach rock bottom. Miles away from civilization. How do you provide, for, how do you get drink in the desert? They don't know. Let's have a look at the story. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? You can imagine this. I'm going to trivialize this slightly, but we've all been in that situation, haven't we, where we've been promised the ice cream stop, you know, the coffee stop, been on a long, walk, long day, and then it's shut. You know, and you think, that's the pits. And I say, well, that's trivializing it, because this was three days without water. So, moving on, keep going on with the screen, I think there's a, an animation there. They cried out to God, We will surely die. Oh, no, it isn't. We die in his place. Never mind. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. They had to completely trust that God would provide, that he wouldn't bring them this far to escape in a miraculous way and then not continue to be their saviour. So on this day, the Jewish people remember God's physical salvation. It's very exciting. But also, and this is what Jesus knew, they remember the spiritual salvation, that God is going to redeem them in a really amazing way, that the Messiah is going to come. Now, this is particularly poignant because, remember, they've got the Romans. You know, they're not free at all. They're under the the, the Roman occupation, And they are desperately waiting for the anointed one to come. And so it's not surprising they're all asking questions and anticipating it. Now, on this day, there's feasting and and dancing and, and, and singing, perhaps all night. This is all on the mind that the Messiah will come, and they're almost praying him to come. Now, you had a bit of a sneak preview of the pictures that are coming next because this is significant, so let's have those pictures up again. What you're going to see now is something that um, the temple was um, — sorry, the priest would do in the temple. And it's not coming up yet, but anyway, the priest filled a large vat of water um, f- from the pool by the temple, and then he brought it up to the altar, and he poured it all round as a sacrifice. So it's a big symbolic act, um, the highlight, if you like, of the whole ceremony. When everyone is feeling dry, spiritually dry, lacking in hope of ever the Messiah coming, what does Jesus say? Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture says, rivers of living water, not just jugfuls. Rivers will flow from within them. Jesus is like, you saying, if you feel thirsty, if you feel far away from God, if you think God has forgotten your people, come to me. I will provide you with this spiritual water. And not only that, you know, this prophecy, that there's a prophecy from Zechariah that foretells of the time when all nations... Would celebrate this feast of tabernacles. And it's if you're like Jesus is taking that first feast and saying, This is extended to all of us, to you and me. A real celebration of God's gift of life. Do you remember I said about the, the tense and remembering the frailty, the dependence on God? It says this, Jesus is saying. Without God, you will surely die. We need this water of life from him. Now, I know we can all go through dry periods, and we can feel that God's not, far, uh, not near us. And Jesus doesn't offer those people, because they hadn't heard God speaking for three, you know, hundreds of years, and yet, Jesus says trust. He doesn't give a magic wand here. You have to trust to drink the water to come to him. Now, I've just got one last thing. I'm aware of time, but just one last thing I'd like to share from this um, festival. Um, we've got another picture coming up. Now, this is something that the people would be holding okay, and they'd be waving this around, and I think this is significant because it's a reminder that God's Spirit is with, with us everywhere, and even if we don't feel it, and in the places this week that we're going to, God is with us, and the spirit is there, and it might have gone before us it has gone before us it is there it's working in people's lives when we don 't even think about you know we don't even realize we've heard of that in, in Guatemala today but there's another um, thing that I think can help us to remember that we need to ask for God's holy Spirit continually each day that we need to come to him in prayer and I think um, you can show that the next picture if you'd like it shows that the items there that help us to remind us what to pray for each day. It's perhaps a little bit difficult to see, but there's a willow there, and that actually represents the lips. And, you know, even when we feel God is far away, it's important to pray in physical relationships. We're told, you know, if things are breaking down in your communication, you know, you Make sure you communicate when the relationship's broken down. Communicate. We need to communicate to God. And then the, oh, keep the picture up, the, the citron, in case we can't remember, the citron, um, that's a reminder of the heart, the place of understanding and wisdom. So we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will, and will fill our hearts and minds each day for what's going to happen. And then the myrtle, that is like the eyes, again, (laughs) might not look like it from here, Um, but we need to ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten us, to help us see God at work in our lives. You know, we know that God is there, we know God is in Guatemala, but to see it, to enlighten us. And lastly, the palm, can you see it's in the middle? It's the backbone, the uprightness. And it's not that we're saying, you know, that we, we have to be morally upright and then, and then we'll get to heaven. We know Jesus has done that through his sacrifice. But it's about each day, if we want to be like Jesus, if we want to be his son and daughter, we know we want to live like him and so we need guidance on the best way to live. Well, I said these... Reminders don't give us that magic effect now. But something that really struck me with this symbol of water and Jesus um, talking to them and and the people sort of discussing it all. You know, I can feel very thirsty. And somebody can say, well, a tap's there, Ruth. Or they can give me, even bring me a bottle. But have to drink it have to take it. Now, there'll be times, and this struck me as well, and coming together as a community now, there'll be times where you have had to rely on somebody giving you a drink, or that you've had a drip in in hospital. And so that reminded me of the fact that sometimes we have a responsibility to pray for each other for the spirit, for God's living water through the spirit to fill each other. When we're feeling dry, we can come to each other.